All right, itty bitty committee. We've made it to fucking, what is it, November now. So another month gone. Uh, I hope you enjoyed all the spooky theme shit we did for October. Um, I'm kind of glad glad it's done. Um, (laughs) It was uh, fun. It was different. uh, But I think I learned to stay in my lane a little bit. Um, So, yeah, we're we're done with the spooky stuff. And my guest this week, um, we're going to talk sports. So my guest is Jimmy Simonis from the Sports Avenue podcast. So he's going to come on and we're going to talk a little bit um, about different stuff. Um, I think we talked mostly NFL. We recorded the podcast a little while ago. So, yeah, we talked mostly NFL, but we do get into some other sports stuff as well. So I was very happy to have him on. Um, If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe, rate, review, share. Um, Make sure that you're telling all your friends to check out the show and check us out, you know, on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Choice uh, Choice Nugs, or sorry, IttyBittyPodcast.com. Um, and yeah, and just make sure that you're checking out the show and, and telling people about it. But remember, this is not a sports podcast. It's the Itty Bitty Podcast. It's anything but, and it starts now. Welcome to the Itty Bitty Podcast. episode well i don't know which episode this will be so i'm not going to say it but another episode of the aw podcast a new week new guest this week we're talking football uh, my guest is jimmy jimmy what's your last name i i, I should have asked you right before simonis okay i should have asked you right before that this is the level of professionalism you get on the itty bitty podcast but um, <laughs> i'm gonna put this phone here real quick just get that set down there um so this week in the NFL, um, there was a, a, a Monday night game that just happened. My New England Patriots played the Jets. So I'm wondering, since you're a new guest on the ADB podcast, I don't really know much about you. Um, what uh, what's your NFL team, and uh, or what teams are you liking right now? And what's uh, what's uh, kind of what what teams have you been watching? I guess. Um, I'm a Browns fan, so it's been an up and down season to say the least. Um, teams I've been watching, the Packers. What they did during the offseason, I thought was great. They got Zadarius Smith. They got Preston Smith. Drafted Darnell Savage. Signed Adrian Amos. They loaded up on defense. They got a lot of talent. I was, I'm was, i a big fan. I think the Packers got a good system going on. They just beat the Raiders, who I also thought is another team that surprised me this year, too. Sorry, um, is that you or me? Thir- Do you hear that? I don't know where that's coming from. I think we're good for right now. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, if you want to, uh, uh, we don't we don't have to restart. It's cool. Um, if you want to just, uh, just go back to what you were saying. Um, sorry. Okay. Yeah. No, you're good. No, no worries. Um. Yeah. So I'm a big fan. I was talking about the Brown, uh, the Browns, Packers, the Raiders. I think Raiders are one of the most surprising teams I've seen this year because they're three and three after the debacle that was Antonio Brown. Oh, and geez. they're moving forward. Yeah. 
I just I think the team's been rather impressive. I know they took a beating against the Packers this past week, but I think the team has a lot going for them. I really do. Yeah. The, well, the Raiders, I mean, they, they made a couple of offseason moves that a lot of people didn't really think would be smart, like the Khalil Mack. That was last season, though, right? That was... He's been yeah, that was last season, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was kind of the start of their their rebuilding was when they got rid of Khalil Mack. I have friends with... Oh, first, yeah, definitely. For a Patriots fan, I have to, like way too many Raiders fa- friends, so I like I have to listen <laughs> to Raiders stuff all day. Um, so you're a Browns fan, though? Yeah, it's been an interesting uh, year so far. Yeah, yeah. I'm, what do you think um, of I've Baker? I've been trying to... Um, so I'm a fan of Baker. I wasn't a fan of him when in college because I was an OSU fan, or I'm an OSU fan. So when he planted the flag, wasn't a big fan of him. But when I got to see his personality, I like it. I think it's it's the right attitude for football. Um, I think it does have a Brett Favre-esque attitude. You know, he wants to make every throw. He's Thing a gunslinger is, for sure. It, exactly. But when it comes to being a gunslinger, you're going to make stupid throws. <laughs> you're you're seeing a lot of that this year. It's almost like his rookie year has been this year. And right. you know, it's almost like he's matured in the opposite way. He's he's making some interesting decisions when he's throwing the ball. I don't know if it's based on the scheme that of the new head coach with Freddie Kitchens or what's going on, but there are just some things that I didn't expect from him going into this year. I know my wife would like it if he would throw the ball to Odell Beckham a lot more. <laughs> she has yeah. him in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, I like Odell, but I don't know. I guess I think that Freddie had almost had too much on it. He had too many cooks in the kitchen. I think the offense was efficient last year, but you didn't have all that talent. Right. Like Jarvis Landry, Richard Higgins, Antonio Callaway was productive at moments. Um, Derek Willies until he got hurt. Got in joke. I mean, there was a lot of guys... And Joku, mm-hmm. and Joku was inconsistent, which I think for a guy like him, he has to be consistent catching right. the ball because he is not a blocking tight end. That's the difference between being a good tight end and a great tight end. If you like, for guys like Jimmy Graham, they're not going to block for you. Right, they got to catch the ball. And, and, they and can't he's, catch the ball he's mostly touchdown or bust these days. Yeah, that's what that's what the league is going to. Granted, you do have guys like George Kittle, Zach Ertz, uh, Gronkowski, even that. They were able to produce big games, but when I look at Njoku, I don't expect him to put up these 10 receptions, 200-yard games. I expect him to go 5 for 65 with a couple touchdowns. Mm. So, looking forward, um, you're a Browns fan. What would you like to see them do going forward if they, you know, if they make it to the playoffs this season, they win a couple games? You know, best case scenario, they win the Super Bowl. What would you like to see them do in the off season? You know, despite whatever whatever happens this season. So what I think, for I think how the, the result of this season should go is, I think if they go nine and seven, I want to see them at least battle for the playoffs. I think they have to. I know they though they do have a good, they do have a solid or more of a favorable second half schedule. So I think for them. They got to get some wins. They've been good against bad teams, but against the good teams, they struggle. Um, I think right now for the trade deadline, they have to get an offensive lineman. I think left tackle specifically, or I, I just think something on the line. I think I don't even know if it's about left tackle. I think if you get someone on the right side to help, um, I don't know if Cush is the answer. He's more of a short term. He was more of the relief guy because Corbett didn't pan out, and that's why he went to L.A. Um, Hubbard's been struggling. I think, honestly, if you look to get a right guard or right tackle, I think that should be more of their priority. 
also, I like the Steve Wilkes defense, but they're lacking consistency in terms of tackling, which I do understand in the sense that you they mainly run a nickel formation, which is two linebackers. So you're expecting your front four or your defensive line to fill up the gap so your defense, your, your linebackers and secondary get one-on-one matchups with the runner. And so far, the Browns have struggled with tackling. It's I don't know for why, but with Williams last year, they sucked at tackling. This year, they've been awful at tackling. Um, I think they, oh, they're they like in the top five for most missed tackles this year already. I feel like that's a problem it's, throughout the league, though. There's a yeah, lot of missed it, tackles. That's, that's, a, that's another co- completely co- different conversation that when you talk when you you know talk about football that hitting hitting's not the same these guys are still trying to adjust to guys that are so fast that they have to try and tackle them you know and change themselves last minute because if they hit them high they're getting fined they're getting flagged they get ejected but I think for the Browns um, I think I like the defense um, Mac I think the linebacking core is good I do think they need to add another person because Kirksey got hurt. Um, Taki Taki and Wilson, they're still young. They're only rookies, so they have to develop. Um, you have to decide if you want to resign Schobert. You know, do you want to pay all that money? When in reality, all these things, all these people that you do pay are going to hit into the salary cap, and they're going to hinder Miles Garrett, Baker, Chubb, uh, Jarvis, Odell, Antonio Callaway, Richard Higgins. These guys, these, these guys' paychecks that are critical. Not to mention, if you do get a good offensive lineman, like, say, let's just say Trent Williams, he's one of the highest-paid tackles in the league, so you're going to have to pay him a lot more money if his contract goes up. So it's about being able to manage that salary cap. Because if you look at the Rams, they sold their soul for Jalen Ramsey, getting rid of all those draft picks. They're They're already pretty tough in the cap. So, like, again, the Rams have sold themselves to the devil and saying, we're not, we don't care about the future, we want to win now. Which I don't know what Jared Goff... But the same thing with the Browns. Can they manage and build a steady system instead of throwing it all in, throwing all their eggs in one basket and hoping for the best? Yeah, there's a lot of money going around the league these days. Um, we've seen a lot of trades happening this last week. We just saw Mohamed yep. Sanu go to the Patriots. Um, yeah. I, who else did we see go? We saw somebody else just go. Like, there's another big trade. Emmanuel Sanders went. Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders went to the 49ers. Yeah. And uh, Quandre 49ers. Diggs went to uh, crap. The safety from the Lions. Crap. I forget where he went. Oh man. He went. Yeah. It was a pretty bad trade, for, I think, for the Lions because they get they got rid of their uh, captain safety Quandre Diggs in a fifth round pick for or no, a seventh-round pick for a fifth-round pick. It was a kind of interesting trade considering the value of the safety they had. And their secondary isn't the strongest to begin with. Yeah. So I guess uh, we switch topics a lot here on the Itty Bitty Podcast. Um, we'll, we're going to talk football for sure. I just wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, maybe t- tell my listeners, I guess, a little bit about yourself and kind of, I know you do more than just football stuff. You, you, I know you're into basketball, and um, you're just kind of an all-around sports guy. So, uh, if you want to talk a little bit about, you know, your podcast and and kind of what you what you you talk about and stuff um, on your show, um, I'd love for you to kind of share that real quick. Yeah, thank you uh, for the opportunity for letting me share it. So, the podcast I do is Sports Avenue. Um, I try to use this as a platform for all players athletes, coaches, um, pretty much anybody that's interested in sports in the sense that 
I want them to talk about their passion for it, their journey, um, what they've gone through. Like today, I just talked to someone that plays esports, and I, I, I don't know. It's a, it's the cool perspective to get people that have done these things. They're they're doers of the sports industry, and getting their experience. So that's what I when I first started the podcast with my brother. Um, it was a lot about just talking about sports, but I was I was just in myself. Am I giving these people value? Then I relooked and I rethought about the process of trying to do this podcast. And I thought about like maybe if I bring people on that are doing what I get, doing stuff in the field that I think I'm passionate about, it'd be cool to kind of cover it and talk about the process about them. Because again, not everyone's going to interview Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Judge. Uh, LeBron James. Would you love to interview that, those guys? Of course, but they're also interviewing these people that they've went through the grit and grind as well, and giving these people or giving the people, the audience, perspective on what these people, these athletes, these coaches, they go through day in and day out, and just give them a different perspective instead of just hearing about the top. You know, talk about the grit and grind. Talk about what they've had to do, what they've had to sacrifice, their journey of becoming who they are. And I do like to keep it. I do like to have fun with it. Like I try to keep it relaxed, laid back in the sense that they don't have to put on a persona. They get, they just get to be them. They get to be their brand. I try to give it to them as this is their brand. This is their way of putting themselves out there. If they're an up and comer, like a lot of the more people I've been doing with or interviewing. And at the same time, you know, I, I get the value in the sense that these people want to, like they want to join my show and I get the gratification that these people want they're happy or grateful that I get to give them a platform to talk about. So it's almost a, it's a, a mutual, you both gain something from it. So you get yeah, that, yeah, I think it's, I think it's what it should be, especially in this industry where it is so competitive in the sense that everyone wants to do a podcast nowadays to talk about their opinion. And the same with sports, you know, you get to see these people on ESPN, like first take and undisputed with skip and Shannon and all these people talk about sports, but the same, that's what, that's kind of what I sparked it for me because after I quit football sophomore year, I was kind of, you know, and this was only two years ago. I'm only 18. So I just graduated high school. So I was kind of in this mode or I was in this situation where I'm kind of like, what do I do for my career? Where do I go with this? And, um, just this past January, um, my brother, he had a microphone. He did, he did a couple podcasts previously and they didn't turn out. So, or he had a uh, political podcast of which didn't do well. Because political landscape is just a mess anymore. So, I, you know, he's like, hey, you want to do a podcast? I'm like, yeah, sure. Then we started getting ideas down. We started moving forward. And um, I just started broadcasting school this, this summer. So it's like it's been kept, it's been allowing me to keep pushing and keep getting more ideas on how to expand this brand, the sports brand. And just being able to find new ways to make this more interactive with an audience, giving people a voice. And also giving athletes a voice as well, trying to give everyone a chance to be a part of something. So, are were you big into? I, I'm I'm from Massachusetts originally. I'm I live out okay. on the West Coast now, um, but sports radio was big in Massachusetts. You know, there was a few different oh, stations yeah, that you could flip to. So, were you big into sports radio growing up, and and is that what kind of piqued your interest in that as well? Well, a lot of it. Well, a lot of it started when I I would wake up, like watch ESPN in the mornings. You would see Trey and Wing or uh, Mike and Mike. Um, some days when I wasn't at school, you would see uh, Skip and uh, Stephen A. on First Take. 
And that though, when I first watched that, that was entertaining. It was cool because these people were like, when I'm like, I'm sitting there as a kid saying like, these dudes, these dudes get to yell at each other and talk about sports and get paid for it. I'm sitting there like, that's crazy. You know, how many jobs in the world can you do that? You know, there's just not many. Right. And, um, then I'm, I'm not, I'm not as much into radio as I was with, uh, like ESPN and stuff like that. Um, every now and again, I do watch Colin Coward. Guys that are kind of like in both, they do uh, ES- they do like TV and radio. But I like the visual aspect. I'm more of a visual person, so being able to see these people speak, like I don't. I'm not saying I'm not big in radio. It's just I prefer more of the visual aspect. So you, where do you usually get most of your your sports news from? Um, growing up, it was ESPN. Um, a lot of it right now, it would probably be like NFL, like using like NFL.com, NFL.com. pro football, pro ba- yeah, and if like the sports, like the professional sites, but also pro baseball, pro football, um, pro basketball, those sources are amazing. They give you so much information, so many statistics. They give you different aspects. I used to use fan graphs because I blog too for the um, podcast as well. Oh, nice. And so there's so much information that the, those reference uh, websites give you. It's awesome. Like I, I learned so much. And also when you play video games, it's kind of weird, like, when I play like Madden and NBA and MLB, you kind of get to know these players. You get this in a way you get to know their strengths in a way. Like when you think of like Aaron judge, this dude has like a 99 power in his context, like 55 against righties. It's not a good way to judge, but at the same time you do all well, no pun intended, but you do get to see their strengths in a way. Oh dude, I was using Mahomes before he was, you know, the starter on the, the Madden game. I started using, Oh yeah. And he, I, yeah. I just knew from that. I'm like, this dude's going to be a stud. Yeah, and not even that. Like when you saw him in college, his his arm was otherworldly. Yeah, he had he has. I mean, he has like baseball fundamentals because he did talk about like you know a lot of his throwing motion does come from playing shortstop, and his dad was a pro baseball player. So it's like he is he has some fundamentals that are baseball like, and he's just trans he's just transferred it into football. It's awesome watching him throw the football. Yeah, he's he's not hurt for too long, right? He's supposed to. They said it was a mild injury, <laughs> from what they first thought. Well, well, the thing is, he they did, I don't know if you saw the video, but they uh, put back in his kneecap because it was dislocated. Then no. I don't know if you saw the video. They they popped it back in. Um, he just started throwing today. But if I was him, like I know I'm not a professional athlete, but you know, one bad leg, you know, a bad leg injury can do a lot, especially for him because he loves to extend plays with his legs. Right. I mean, there's some, when he gets out of the pocket, like granted, he's got a great arm, but at the same time, a lot of his money is made, his highlight reel throws are made when he's on the run, getting out of the pocket. So for him, if he re-hurts his knee, you know, that has to change, he has to change his style of throwing because he has to be a lot more quicker with the ball so he doesn't get hit. Yeah, I I was out on watching the like the injuries after the was it Kevin Ware was that the the college dude's name? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was the Louisville I, basketball player. Yeah, that was awful, man. I used to watch them all the time. I used to like not enjoy them, but you know I could stomach them. But now I'm just like people. I have to see it by surprise in order to watch them. But they they don't. I can't do it. Oh anymore. yeah. <laughs> Well, no, because it's it's something like when you're watching TV, it's not something you expect. Like you said, when you catch it on surprise, like it's like, wow, you don't know how you feel. So it's a gruesome and you don't wish it on anybody. But at the same time, it's like you're just sitting there like you don't know what to do because you're only watching. Right. Yeah. You just kind of get that feeling in the back in your stomach, <laughs> that pit. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 
it's like wow yeah it's, sometimes it's hard to watch the, another one that was bad was the that college running back i can't remember his name and he was and so he got hit and they, you just saw his leg going like five different directions and he you could just tell he was done i can't remember his name though it, I, oh, it was a couple of years back i really can't remember his name but it'll come to me at some point oh uh did he play for south carolina by chance possibly Oh, uh, man. Because uh, I, I remember this guy from South Carolina. I remember he had a bad leg injury. He was a of... stud running back, and it was really sad. Marcus, he... Was it Marcus Lattimore? I th- I th- no. Yes, Lattimore? yes. Yeah, that was it. Lattimore. Yeah. That was it. Because he, he was on South Carolina. I remember he was a, he was an absolute stud in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then he had a bad knee or leg injury. Then he, he yeah. was kind of – he got into the NFL, but he just didn't do it. He got like a chance or two and just couldn't do anything. Yeah. There was one thing, so I've been kind of taking notes because I knew at some point we would be uh, doing this podcast. So I watch football every Sunday. We, we take the day and just hang out. And so one of the things that I've been noticing is challenging pe- penalties. So <laughs> this makes absolutely no sense to me because it's almost like you're telling, you're going to tell somebody that they've done something incorrect. Like, it's one thing to challenge a play where, you know, you get it wrong, you get it wrong, but you're basically telling a ref, no, your judgment was wrong on this play. So I feel like it's hard to, to get them to switch on that. I've only seen it happen like once or twice. I think we looked it up and it was like six times that it's happened all season. If you're talking about those pass interference calls, I completely agree with you. They make no sense for having those challenges because they're not overturning them. Yeah, and you give a good perspective on that because it's like, why are they going to change their opinion? Right. And they get and they get treated like crap anyways. They're only part-time employees. So in the in the whole scheme of things, it's a lose-lose situation for everybody because the refs, they know they're not getting the most out of what their job provides, and they're not going to be liked either way. Someone's going to hate them. And now it's just turning into everyone hates them. Yeah, it slows the game down a lot too. That's what I notice. If you're, yeah. you're you're stopping the game, you know, it's only a couple times, but it's still it's it's an extra couple stoppages that you don't really need. And that and the thing is, with the NFL, those couple stoppages turn into like ten minutes because of the commercials. There's like, whoa, we'll be right back after the break. Then you have like a five to ten minute, or not? It's more of an exaggeration, but you know, it's like five ten minutes go by of just watching commercials. Granted, NFL makes a lot of money on those, but it's like no one wants to watch that. You, know, right. you want to watch the game. Yeah. And it's kind of ironic because when you think about it, the game has been moving much faster with the athletes that they have. It's a lot more athletic, putting points up on the board. And it almost feels like the games are just going as slow because when you pass the ball a lot more, a lot more drops, clock stops, going out of bounds. A lot of players run out of bounds now. They don't go look for the contact. The clock stops a lot more. So there's a lot more plays. There's a lot more scoring opportunities that are being provided by throwing the ball, running out of bounds, saving clock. So and all all that in turn just slows the game down in more of the opposite effect. It just puts up more points. Yeah. Speaking of running off the clock, did you? We talked. We started started to talk a little bit about the Monday Night Football game. Um, so, like I said, I'm a Pats fan. Grew up around New England. Um, Boston, well, Brockton, Massachusetts, about 45 minutes or so from Patriot Stadium. Um, right. And so, uh, shit, where was I going with this? Um, I just, oh, the Monday night game. So I wanted to talk about, um, Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. That was a big thing that, that's been kind of circulating was Sam Darnold was mic'd up and they're kind of pissed about it, but some people think that they should be pissed. Some people think that they shouldn't be pissed. 
I mean, what, what's your feeling on that? I feel like they kind of signed Ooh. up for it. Who should be upset? I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. I they, understand. Well, I know Adam Gase was annoyed. Um, I know Le'Veon Bell voiced some displeasure. I don't think Sam Darnold came out and said anything, but I know that that at least the coach and Le'Veon Bell um, and some other you know people have been talking about it back and forth on social media about whether they should have aired him saying that he was seeing ghosts, you know, against the Patriots defense, which looks absolutely beastly this year. Oh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think the mic'd ups are actually kind of cool. You get to see a perspective of these guys playing in the game. It's not like something they think about because they are mic'd up and they're in the zone. I don't know. I don't know if you can be upset about that because at the end of the day, it's it, the Sam Darnold really just had a bad game. Uh, there's right. really nothing else. I'll, I feel like it's a real moment know? for him. You know, it's a real moment that he. Yeah. So I don't think they, they should exactly. be upset about that. It, it, you know. It's it's candid about. It's something candid. It's something I think as a fan you can appreciate. I don't understand if you're up. I mean, if you're a fan and you're upset about it, it's like it doesn't make sense because you get to see these players in a humanized form in a way when they're not. Because the, when you think of these football players, you know they're just supernatural in, in one way or another. And when he's like, I'm seeing ghosts, it's like it humanizes them in the sense like this dude's just having a bad day. Right. And he's going to, he's just he's going against the Patriots. There's not much more else to say when you're going against one of the best defenses in the league. I mean, the de- the defense this year for the Patriots has been absolutely mammoth. Yeah, they look sick. Um, so fourth quarter, I think it was like thirty three to nothing. Um, the Patriots Patriots had the ball? Yeah, and they were about to punt. Did you see that? The, did you hear about this? whole thing where they ran off like an extra 90 seconds of the clock they basically they somehow they did it so they they did a delay game or was it a delay game yeah okay. it was a delay game so they declined the penalty because they figured that it would okay. push them back whatever so they get a longer punt declined it right. so the clock didn't stop resets the clock starts running it down again so instead of calling the delay a game again they had one of the players i think brandon bolden intentionally false started instead of getting a, a second what was it a the it would have been a uh a personal foul or something not personal foul um uh unsportsmanlike conduct for for second delay okay. game in a row um and okay. so so the thinking was that he basically ran off an extra 90 seconds by doing this because they declined both penalties and so they basically, you know, just were running out the clock a little bit faster. But that was a, a, a side story yeah. that I picked up on that I thought was pretty interesting that they did that. And Bill Belichick got they got a little smile out of Bill Belichick. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't realize that's the meme that everyone's talking about where he's actually smiling during a football game. No, that's interesting because yeah, I mean, with full, like you said, flags. You know, you don't. I just think at the end of the day, that's just good awareness. I mean, there's really nothing else to say besides that's just great awareness because. I think it just shows the, I mean, how Bill smart Belich- he is, man. He's just so such a smart football mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no one else like him. I think he's like when you talk about like legendary head coaches, he has his own like he's his own way. There's really not many that compare. Like when you think of Lombardi, men's they're the motivators, and you think of like I would say Bill Walsh is or like him and like Bill Belichick and Bill Walsh are similar. Um, if you've watched his like uh, my football the fil- football life with Bill Walsh. Um, they both have similar ways of evaluating talent, which I thought was rather interesting. Both very complex about the game. And when I, when I when I think of Bill Belichick, I just think, you know, he knows every rule. 
He knows what to do at every situation. He prepares for literally every situation. He probably prepares for the third, uh, third team special teams every week. It's just, it's, uh, I, Iowa hated it growing up, but I come to respect it because at the end of the day, he's done something that no really other coach can do. And that's just, he's almost, he's pretty much mastered the game. And it's just something that you don't see really anymore. Yeah. I live out in uh, the Seattle area and it's a lot of those fans, not all of them. I'm not going to put them all in the same bunch, but a lot of those fans, they like to, to yell cheaters a lot of the time. So I put up with, I have to put up a lot of, oh. with, of that, which well, is kind of the thing is, I, for me. like you said, everyone, I don't, I don't know if they're necessarily, I don't know enough. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know the whole story and stuff like that. You know, you can make your own opinions, but. Last year during that Super Bowl when they pretty much destroyed the Rams offense, um, I just I came to respect the I, I just came to respect it. Like like again, being a Browns fan, Belichick was in Cleveland, you know. Could have won six mm-hmm. Super Bowls with us, but you know, with everything that happened in ninety nine or in ninety six, whatever year it was that they moved, you know, it, it is what it is. He has created a system that no other coach, even within his own organization that's gone out and tried to do the same, can replicate. Just no one has done what he's done, and that's pretty much it. Everyone, you know, like looking at the Patriots, it's like they're already a for sure locked to win the AFC. No one has shown that they can provide the consistency to even have a chance of breath against them. So, yeah, it's what they've done is so crazy, and it's just I, – I mean, I've come to respect it. Yeah, I mean, even with all the injuries, there's been a lot of injuries throughout this season for a lot of teams, um, but somehow the Patriots – Primarily the old line for uh, the uh, the Pats. yeah. Yeah, they've had a few skill players here and there. Josh Gordon just got placed on IR, I think I just read. Yep. So he's done yeah, for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah, he did. So, yeah, it's uh, it's tough when you get injuries mid-season, but the, the better teams usually rise to the top. Um, so there was something else exactly. that I wanted to talk about. Sorry, did you – were you going to say something? No, no, oh. no, no, you're all good. So, no, this was something that I had kind of noted. I, I didn't know if you had heard this, anything about this story or anything like that, but it was something Percy Harvin had been interviewed about, and he had said that when he played, he was stoned every day. So that was just something I had I had, I had thought that was pretty funny. He, he I didn't know yeah. that about him. Yeah. So that was something that's kind of on brand for our show, so I thought I'd bring that up for our listeners. Um, no, I completely, no, I completely understand. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I thought was kind of – interesting not interesting but that threw me off the other day i was watching football and i was watching the seahawks game and i saw dk metcalf had a pacifier in his mm-hmm. mouth have you seen these mouth guards they look like like oh a, yeah a the, baby's those, pacifier oh yeah I, yeah the things like it's just a mouth guard then you have like the big brick that's in their mouth oh no no, no. Like, it's like a literal like a baby's like literally a baby's pacifier like that you would but it's a mouth guard so he puts it in. So when it's in sure. his mouth, it looks like he's got a baby's mouth. Yeah, if you get a chance, Google image oh, DK Metcalf. I got to take, take a look at that. That's. I thought I don't he was. Know if that I thought he sense. had a binky. I'm like, is this dude wearing a binky? And I had to look it up, and I, it was yeah. He's got a, a mouth guard that's molded, and it looks like a a pacifier, a baby pacifier. I wonder. I wonder what the science is behind that because that makes no sense to me, to be honest. I think he just thinks it looks because I think he's trying to start a trend. I mean, if you were, I think he's uh, kind of I an mean, oddball. Good like luck. He, he showed up to to Pete Carroll's office with no shirt on, wearing like a big chain or something like that when he first met Pete Carroll. So he's kind of an odd dude. Best of luck. I mean, 
I mean, if you market yeah, that, I mean, though, yeah. if you market those, if people start seeing you with those pacifiers, there'd be guys all over the league with those things. <laughs> I don't necessarily understand if you want to look like a baby on the field, but I yeah. mean, if it, if it floats your boat, you might as well let it sail. So I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I'm like, what the fuck? This guy's got a pacifier in his mouth. So yeah, yeah, like 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 they're grown men, you know. You yeah. don't think of things like that. Yeah, that no, kind of caught me off guard. It. Yeah. So when you get a chance, take a oh, look at that. It. Google Google image that. Oh it'll yeah, make for you, sure. It'll, it'll oh, make you yeah, laugh. definitely. Um, so the other thing I want to talk about, since we kind of mix it up here a little bit, do you have do you attend different games and stuff frequently? Are you somebody who likes to watch the experience from home, or are you somebody that likes to kind of get oh. out there and go um, check out games live? Okay, that's actually that's I like that question because. So last year I went to the Browns game against the Ravens. Um, it was week five. It was when the Ravens lost to the Browns at home, or it lost to, the Browns beat the Ravens at home. Let me rephrase on a game-winning field goal. And honestly, that was the first time in a while that I've been to a Browns game where it was actually relatively full and people were actually excited to watch the Browns. Um, when I was younger, my dad had season tickets and we would go all the time. And that's when they were like mediocre year after year with Romeo Cornell. Mm. Uh, the li- you know, the list goes on and it's like this, you get, it was just, it was different because also noted it's Hugh Jackson's last game he won, but it was an interesting atmosphere. Cause again, when you think of Cleveland Browns, you don't think of anything positive. And then they won the game and it it went crazy. I remember I took this video and it was just the, the entire place. It was so weird actually when uh, Craig, uh, Greg Joseph made the field goal. Um, he was on my. I was looking at the. Actually, let me rephrase. The goalpost was my back. The back of the goalpost was to me, and no one could tell if he made it or not. It was quiet for like a, like two seconds, and then you see the refs put their hands up and the stadium erupted. It was crazy. <laughs> um, but back to your yeah, but back to your question. Um, I I like watching it from home because you do get to see the entire you get to see the game at a good angle. There's a, I think the at least in terms of broadcasting, I do like the side view where you get to see everything pretty much going on. I mean, you you probably don't see a safety. You usually don't see the safeties dropping back, but you do get to see a good perspective of the game. I think, and at least in terms of watching the game from a, I guess a. I guess more of someone that's evaluating the game in a sense. I like that. But for the fan experience, I think going to the games are awesome. But again, not everyone has the money to go to these types of games. So it's give or take with both perspectives. I think if you're a fan, I think it's awesome to go to the games because then you get to meet all these people that are fans. Yeah, tailgating and you, and is definitely a, it's, fun it's, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a unique experience that you can only go if you attend. I'm watching it from home. It, it more or less depends on like what your preferences are. If you want to watch the game and evaluate the game, I think in terms of angles or in terms of seeing the game as a whole, TV is the better option. But if you want to go as a fan, I, rec- I would totally recommend going to the games if you have the money for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the I'm same way. I've gone to a few games myself, um, tailgated a few games. I've hosted parties here. I know that you're not old enough to go to like bars and stuff, but... One of my favorite experiences we did was we were living in California at the time in Los Angeles, and there was a Patriots bar when they played in the Super Bowl. And so we went and and watched them play there a couple times. I watched them lose there, and I went and watched them win against Seattle there. So, and that's always fun because there's people from back home there. So it's that's always a fun experience well, too. And the thing, and the thing is, what that's cool with those is that 
that's your way of connecting with people in the in, in the sports community. Right. It's, it's it's something that's so unique and something that you almost don't, you want to take for granted. It's just something that's so cool and you don't get that with many other things. That's why I think it's so awesome with sports. So, are you mostly? What's your favorite sport? If you had to pick, well, I know it's hard to pick one, but if you had to like rank them, like what do you make sure that you you get out of bed for? Uh, I would definitely say football. Um, I would go baseball. Uh, I just I got into rugby last year, and I'm, let me tell you, that's a fun sport to play. I played it last year for the first time, and it's not what everyone mocks it up to be. If you give your if you give it a chance, I definitely recommend watching it. It's definitely a unique experience. It's actually not the um, first time somebody said that to me this week. Somebody actually just said, was talking to me and showing yeah. me clips on YouTube. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's really cool. Um, but the thing is, the United States doesn't broadcast it in a pretty easy way for you to access it so it's kind of tough to watch it um but yeah i would say football for sure um i mean that's that's been my sport growing up baseball um it's kind of weird i don't really like all the home runs and stuff like that i like the, i like seeing the pitching duels i like seeing the aces go at it so i, I that's how i like baseball I, i'm more of an old school fan i guess i like seeing the i like strategy behind these games like well, that's why i like bill belichick because there's so much strategy behind everything he does it's not just give me those athletes and let me do my thing. When there's strategy behind the sport, that's what makes you think. That's what makes you like want to know. And that's why I like um, football so much because there's so much strategy behind it. It's not just about athletes. You got You got to be able to know your position too. I feel like with baseball, it's going more into the um, it's going more into the atmosphere of basketball where it wants more athletes, but. It's baseball. You can't teach like the coordination that these guys have. It's muscle memory, and what these guys do is completely insane. But so football, baseball. Uh, I gotta get more on rugby, but I will put it at three. I don't. I'm not a big basketball fan, but I do. I don't mind watching it. It's not bad every now and again. I do like watching boxing. I would actually I would say boxing then basketball. So football, baseball, rugby, boxing basketball um i don't know enough about hockey to i guess make a judgment on it because i would like to learn more about it i do because i do think it's an interesting sport same with soccer i mean they're both similar because it's more mainly back and forth but again i'm not as aware of the sports i'm not yeah i'm not as knowledgeable so it's like it's kind of hard to make an opinion on them or enjoying to watch them because i'd rather know what's going on and being able to formulate opinion on my own rather than what these commentators are telling me yeah, I, I'm I big into hockey. They're talking about bringing a hockey team up here. I never played, but I was always afraid of getting hit with a puck. But um, they're, they're, yeah, that those things are whew, it's those just things big are tough. rubber bricks. Yeah, um, but they're talking about bringing a team to Seattle. So I'm 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 a Boston Bruins fan, but again, I'm I haven't been too into. I haven't had much time to be into anything but football. So I make sure I take Sundays to just watch yeah. football on Sundays. Um, I did. No, want, I hear you on that. Yeah, you got to. I did want to ask you about something you said earlier that I I wanted to go back to, um, and it kind of tied into what you were saying about strategy and and in sports. Um, and you said you had somebody who was uh, who was into esports, and so that mm-hmm. was yeah. that's something that that was never a thing when I'm because I'm 30 right now, so that was never a thing when I was growing up. It was you know 
I would play oh, video yeah. games and it was, you know, you were told to stop playing video games because you had to go outside. And, and I'm still kind of bitter about that. I tell my mom, I'm like, I could be fucking ninja right now. I could be a superstar. So, but I, I got it. No, I hear you. <laughs> um, so is that something that do you, th- what's your take on, on esports? So when I first, my little brother is big into esports, and I'm gonna be honest, I was pretty much ragging on him the same way that your, you know, your parents were like, you know, you gotta do something else, you know. And I wasn't, I didn't see, cause it's like you don't see the physical aspect. Like when I think of sports, you think of physical, using your, you know, your physical attributes, and athleticism. And when you think of esports. Um, the stigma around it, I would say, is just these guys that sit around on a computer console and just play games all day. When in reality, they're kind of just doing the same thing, except it's more mental, it's more coordination, and hand-eye coordination. So being able to like talk to my little brother about it and the guy I interviewed today and being able to see their perspectives on it, I think it's, it's like I said, it's just opening you up to see their viewpoints and how they view it because – I'm not going to see something the same way as someone else does, especially if they're experienced in it and this is their goal. This is what they want. They're going to, they're going to have their reasons behind it. So that's why I I've come to respect it. Again, it's tough for me to call it a sport because I see more sports as physical, but I do understand that it is, it is really tough and mental. So I do call, I do consider it as a sport because at the end of the day, these people are still committing numerous hours, preparation, every day into their craft and it is a craft you know you're these people you know like the Fortnite tournament that one kid made like nine million bucks for winning a tournament yeah like not many guys in some of these pro sports like the nhl for example i don't see many guys making 10 plus million a year this kid this kid that's not even 18 years old is making nine million a year winning off the Fortnite tournament that's crazy mm-hmm. so i do think it's time to start erasing that stigma for esports and start giving these people some respect in a sense, or start acknowledging them as people that do have a craft. Yeah, it, it's it's starting to become more of a mainstream thing, and um, yeah, like, yep. I don't know if you got this from your interview or not, but I, I know G Four was like one of the first. It was a channel that popped up. I don't know if you know what that is, but G Four was a, a video game channel that popped up. And mm-hmm. it would play, you know, clips from video games. It would show you what was coming out, coming new, coming soon. And so that was the first time I had seen people actually watching video games. And now you've got people streaming, you know, esports on Facebook. You've got them streaming it on Instagram, or not Instagram, but you've got them streaming them all, all over the internet with, you know, major oh, yeah. tournaments. There's, and you've seen them on, I've seen it televised now. So it's just kind of crazy how big it's gotten. Oh, yeah. Like ESPN, they've televised some uh, pro league games. I've watched one where it was like Overwatch. And they have like legit play-by-play commentators. And I'm sitting here like, why? But, it, yeah, it's just about I think people are starting to acknowledge it. Or there's, people are starting to acknowledge it as a sport. And now you're having a lot of people fluctuate to this market that hasn't been tapped into but now it's start. It's now it's like everyone's flooding into it now, and now it's almost oversaturated, oversaturated with coverage. Mm-hmm. It's like no, everyone was talking about the stigma of playing video games, and now everyone wants to cover it because there's that's where all the money is right now, or it's going to be as it continues to build. So I have a good 
kind of crossover question for you. Do you ever see, so with the the NFL getting more and more concerned with player safety, do you ever see yeah. them completely doing away with actual NFL players and just going to like an esports league? And like the no, this would obviously be in like the future. Future. This is obviously would never happen, but because the NFL is a money machine. But this is a hypothetical. Like, do you ever see a world where that could happen? Honestly, I do feel like a world without the NFL is possible in the I want to say near future, but I think it could happen. Just I know they make a lot of money, but at the end of the day, I mean, at least I think the product that we all see. It's getting, it's getting weaker and weaker is that you're not seeing the football that we saw years ago with like Ray Lewis. You, I don't I feel like the the league is missing superstars. It's got athletes, you know, you got some household names but there's no guys when you like when I think of Ray Lewis, you know, you know what he's bringing. They're not there's not many guys at least on the defensive side of the ball that you can just think of and like all like right now currently and think of man, this dude's just an animal out there. You know, it's a quarterback driven league. So, mostly everyone knows quarterbacks, but they couldn't tell you two other players on the team. And, like, I think we're starting to see it now. What what happens when Drew Brees, Tom Brady, uh, Eli Manning's pretty much already done. You know, all these older quarterbacks that have pretty much made their career, their, their legacy, surefire Hall of Famers. You know, what happens when they leave? Who's going to take that next step? Like, I mean... I think Patrick Mahomes, like, I think he's a superstar, but at the same time, is he the superstar, like, in the sense that he's otherworldly in the, like, uh, actually, let me rephrase that. I do see Mahomes as a superstar, but it's like, who else is going to take those reins? Where are you going to have those defensive players? When are you going to have more than just one guy? Because NFL is not going to thrive off of just having Patrick Mahomes as their cover boy. They need the Baker Mayfields. They need, like, like Aaron Donalds, Khalil Max. Um, they just need more added. I think the team, I think the league needs more of an attitude. Yeah. Like when you think of a lot of these players, I think if, if like the NFL, it's not the NFL. It's a lot more like kid. I want to say kid friendly. So you're saying grown men running around with binkies in their mouth. Yeah. Isn't the way that they should be <laughs> promoting the NFL. No, this, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, football's a contact sport. You know, this is grown men going at it after each other. People want to see that. Yeah. You know, why has UFC gr- uh, grown so much? People, it's terrible as it sounds, people enjoy seeing that type of entertainment. They want to see violence. Right. It's gladiator. Like UFC. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why UFC is so popular as it is now. Because, I mean, lo- I mean, when you look at it, the bare bones principle is pretty much murdering some or beating someone up until they can't move. Right. Yeah. There's Football been a- was pretty much. Well, Pretty no, much I was just, just gonna like s- that. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, football was driven just like that until CTE and all these other health concerns, and these players are more concerned about building a personal brand rather than playing for these teams. And you're starting to see it's more of these players playing for them rather than the team. Winning is not as big of, as, as an aspect, and that's why everyone's so curious about how do the Patriots win every year? Because the system that they have is something that's worked for ever since football started, they play as a full-on system. It's a system. That's right. why everyone mentions it as a system. It's not just players on a field. Do it's your it's job. a well-oiled have machine. To do your job slogan. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. all it is. And 
there's no flexibility. You do your job or you're getting the boot. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. So I I was wanted to react to what you had said a little bit earlier about how you said that the league doesn't have too many superstars. And I think if you do you play fantasy football at all? Um, I, I dabble with it a little no, bit. I'm not uh, a fantasy football nerd, though. Well, if you, I mean, I I've played fantasy the last few years. Every year, I say I'm gonna quit, and I I never do, and I really I really probably should. It's not good for my blood pressure. Um, but <laughs> what I was gonna say was, you you're almost you're right. You can see it when you play fantasy football because it's almost like if somebody goes out you basically are looking for somebody who can go in and fill in for that player. So if your uh, your player goes out and they, their backup goes in, you're pretty much just looking for them to produce the same amount of numbers as that other person. And most of the time they, they they're going to do about what they're the the starter's going to do unless it's, you know, somebody who's otherworldly talented, you know. But a lot of these running backs exactly. these days only have a couple of years and then they're, you know, they're kind of back on the shelf. I'm surprised Adrian Peterson's still somewhat doing it. In these last two weeks, yeah, he's kind of been with, coming back. Yeah, I think, honestly, it's going for wide receivers, too. You know, like, you don't see wide receivers besides, you know, your every, like, besides, like, Julio Jones and Antonio Brown, where they're doing it for an extended period of time. You only get these guys in the primes for four or five years. And I, again, it's like, there's no longevity in it, which, I granted, NFL, like, the, like the average is, like, three and a half years. But when you think of these superstars, there's not many guys like Julio Jones, you're never gonna see him on a cover of a magazine, or uh, he's not. He he like Julio Jones is one of the best wide receivers, probably in in this league ever. But no one talks about him. Like this guy has been an animal since the moment he stepped onto the field, and I can, I doubt that many people know about him because granted he's only on the Falcons. Right. They haven't done. They choked. I mean, besides choking the twenty-eight to three lead, what I mean, what have they really done? in Julio Jones' career. Nothing. Yeah, Same with Calvin much. Johnson. Like, these guys were absolute beasts on the field as wide receivers, and they don't get the coverage at all. But, you know, and, and think about it. Matthew Stafford gets that huge contract. Calvin Johnson never got a contract like that. Julio Jones got a pretty good contract, but, again, he again no one's giving him any attention. How do you feel about a player, you know, like, let's say Julio Jones... Is his contracts about to be up? I know they just paid him a bunch of money, but let's say that he. No, I get it. Let's say he wants to finish somewhere where he has a chance to win a Super Bowl. I know that's a trend among some players these days. How do you feel about that? That's an, a newer thing. A lot, a lot of people did that back in the day. No, I think for like like a case of Julio Jones, I respect that because that dude has been Matt Ryan's only target for the last nine years. Julio Jones has been in the league. And Matt Ryan probably wouldn't be one half of what he is now without Julio Jones. So if Julio Jones wants to go and win somewhere, because think about it, he's pretty much accomplished everything in terms of st- st- in terms of stats. And now all he has to do is win. I don't, I don't blame a guy like him at all. You know, he's a good teammate. No one, no, there's really nothing. There's no bad rapport about him. Do you so think if he, he wants to go and win somewhere? Oh yeah. <laughs> Crap! If, like who? Like Julio Jones and Tom Brady? I that's I think that would be better than be Brady Moss. I think. Yeah, that might be. I think like that. Like that's in the air. I don't know how Antonio Brown would have done with Tom Brady, but I think like who, Tom Brady was a tall target, like Julio Jones, and that's faster than Gronk. 
Yeah. You're talking about you're that's another that's another animal. <laughs> yeah. I think Sanu will do well with the Patriots though. I think he's gonna they'll yeah. probably have him throw some footballs. At some point, they're going to dip into that bag of tricks because he's got a cannon for an arm. Yeah, uh, I mean, he is like he is a similar like in terms of like body type, like Josh Gordon. He's a tall, big receiver that can catch the ball. Um, he's a good complement receiver. You know, Sunu's pretty much been pretty fortunate to play with guys like AJ Green mm-hmm. and Julio Jones for his entire career. So he's been able to learn to be a good complement receiver. Um, if he was with Antonio Brown, if Antonio Brown wasn't crazy, he would probably would have had a, he probably would have been awesome. Yeah. But I think Sanu's going to do fine. That. I think he's going to be that big red zone target that I think the Patriots need. In terms of, I think the Patriots really, if they have a need that they're missing, it's probably just that big red zone target. They don't have a tight end that they can throw it to like Gronk. And losing Josh Gordon is their main target as wide receiver. So I think Sanu's going to be a good pickup. Not for the long term because he did give up a second round pick, but I think for, I think for right now, it's it's the win now situation. I get it. I, mm-hmm. I think it's a good move. Yeah, and the Patriots are gonna have Nikhil Harry coming back too soon, so I'm excited yeah. to see him. Play. I, I think Nikhil Harry. I think when the Patriots drafted Nikhil Harry, I'm like, oh boy, that's the one team I think that if I didn't want him to go to because Tom Brady. For some reason, he, or I mean, it's not—it's pretty obvious. But he loves his tall targets. He likes the slot as well. But like guys like Gronk, Randy Moss—I mean, the numbers that they've put up with Tom Brady—they're astronomical. And I think Enkeel Harry, I think stepping into this league with Tom Brady as his quarterback, I think will benefit him greatly, and he'll definitely learn. He'll definitely be a good receiver. Nice. So as we're getting ready to kind of finish up here, I wanted to ask, you did say that baseball is your second favorite sport, and I completely spaced on baseball this year. I just realized the other day when I watched, was it walk-off home run to get the uh, Astros into the World Series? I'm like, wait, it's the World Series already? So that's that's where I was this year. I was not paying attention at all. So who's your pick? It's What is it? Uh, It's Washington and Houston this year? Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to, I, before, I'm not a bandwagon, but I was a fan of the Washington Nationals when Bryce Harper got, was on the team. And when he left, I was thinking, this team can still do it. I like this team setup. Juan Soto is an animal. And I, I like the, I like the, the, the team setup. Their bullpen's awful, though. It's one of the worst in the league. So that was my only caveat with the uh, Nationals. If they could get some guys in that bullpen to shore it up, I think they're they're our favorite to go into the World Series. They didn't really do anything. They got some rentals, and I'm like, there's no way they're going to get there. Then they got that lucky bounce against the Brewers in the wild card. I'm like, okay. Then they go against the Dodgers, arguably the best team in the league. Beat them pretty good. For I mean, they beat them four out to, uh, four out of the six games, and they went on to the, uh, the the Cardinals and swept them. But the Astros, when you look at the Astros, they have no weak spots. I stand by that. Uh, everyone talks about, you know, they might have a hole there. I'm like, if you have one or two holes in baseball, you're set. Um, the, so, Nationals won last night, 5-4. to four. But I still think the Astros win, but I, I, I won't be surprised if the Nationals win. I think they have the pitching rotation to get it done. They have a good enough line, lineup to 
beat the Astros. So I, I, I said this before. I can see the Astros sweeping them, the Nationals, but I can at the same time I can still see the Nationals winning in se- or winning in six games. I think if not, the Nationals win, they have to do it in six. I don't see them winning in Game Seven at Houston. So if I had to pick, if I had to put my money on someone, it's going to be Houston. But I do see the Nationals winning. I can I can see the other side of the coin as well. So you're saying it's going to be an entertaining World Series? I hope so. I really do. <laughs> I think this is an it's it's not a your prototypical World Series matchup. Nationals were the wild card team. Everyone pretty much thought they're like, oh, they're going to get destroyed by the Dodgers. And next thing you know, they're they beat the Dodgers four to two. Then they they go in the card they go against the Cardinals and they completely sweep them after coming off the Cardinals coming off a hot series against Atlanta. Who was my pick to actually go to the World Series? So no, I do think it's gonna be entertaining. You got two teams with really good rotations, really good lineups, and I think it's gonna be a good fight to the end. Nice. Well, Jimmy, thanks for coming on. Uh, do you want to tell people where they can find you, um, social media, where they can find your podcast, all that stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, so go on YouTube. Um, we're Sports Avenue. Just type in Sports Avenue. It will be the second account. There, um, there's 37 videos. We have 19 subscribers. It's black logo with headphones. So that's our logo. That's us on YouTube. You can go, go on Podbean, Sports Avenue Podcast, Anchor, Sports Avenue, Um Anchor disperses us to um, Spotify, uh, multiple other uh, Spreaker, um, Apple Podcasts as well, Sports Avenue. Instagram, you can find us on sports underscore avenue 440. Twitter is underscore sports avenue. Facebook, just type in sports avenue. It's a Facebook page. So, yeah, um, Facebook and Instagram, I do live streams, um, trying to interact with the audience. So for everyone listening, if you want to interact with me, Ask any sports questions. Feel more than welcome to reach out, and, and especially if you want to, you know, talk sports. More than welcome to DM me. And thank you for letting me plug in my sports as uh, my pages as well. Yeah, no problem. Uh, well, thanks for coming on again. Um, we're gonna have to do this again at some point. I'm gonna have to brush up on my baseball, get back into it next season, and we'll oh, yeah, do definitely. this again at some point. Um, and yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll uh, now I'll let you know when this is going to air. It should be airing, you know, in a few weeks from now. So I'll let you know and, and give you time to to, to uh, promote it and stuff. So, Jimmy, thanks again. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me, man. I much appreciate it. And I'll see everybody. I'll see everybody. I'll talk to everybody next week. See you later, man. Thanks for tuning in to the Itty Bitty Podcast. Thanks again to my guest, my guest, my guest, Jimmy Simonis for stopping by and talking sports with us this week. Um, I had a good time. Uh, next week, we got some new stuff out for you. Uh, again, make sure if you're digging the show to subscribe, rate, review, share, and um, be back here next week to check it out. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you guys later. Peace. <laughs>